Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hello, my name is Dipti Vardy. I'm a haematology consultant at Guy's and St. Thomas's Hospital in London. I'm going to be talking to you about how to assess response to a targeted therapy in patients with non-advanced systemic mastocytosis or intimate systemic mastocytosis. How do you distinguish adverse events or side effects from disease symptoms? So looking at which patients really are considered for targeted therapy if they have a diagnosis of non-advanced or indolent systemic mastocytosis. These are patients who are on polypharmacy with multi-anti-mediated treatments, more than two or three regular medications, which have been optimized. And regardless of that, they still have uh, inadequate symptom control. They have multiple organs affected and that affects their ability to function on a daily basis. And really, these patients may have multi-organ symptoms as uh, shown by the cartoon in the middle. And the tyrosine kinase inhibitor uh, to consider is avapritinib, 25 milligrams once daily. But how well is it tolerated and what effects, uh, what side effects do patients actually report? So this would be um, reflected in the Pioneer study, which is the first randomized double-blind placebo-controlled study in patients with symptomatic ISM or indolent systemic mastocytosis. And you can see from the trial design that patients had to be on best-supported therapy optimized for at least two or three months and a month, at least a combination of two or more. And the part one of the trial, which is the dose-finding phase one, randomized patients uh, between doses of 25 milligrams once daily, 50 milligrams once daily, 100 milligrams once daily, and placebo, and you had 10 patients in each arm by the placebo of nine. And that determined the part two dose, and the part recommended part two dose was 25 milligrams once daily, and patients uh, were double-blinded in the first period of the treatment, and it was a two-to-one randomization of either getting the avapritinib at 25 milligrams, 141 patients got that, or placebo, which is 71 patients received, and then there was a crossover and open-label extension study. So baseline characteristics, the patients, as you can see with the placebo um, and on the actual uh, trial arm, there was very little difference between their age. Um, and the majority of patients uh, were a significant number were female, more than 70%. Really focusing on the symptom burden score, you can see the total symptom score uh, was fairly high on those patients with 50.2 and 52.4 across the board, similar with the most severe symptom score scoring 7.7. And these scores range from zero to one. We're looking at the fact that they all had a diagnosis that was centrally confirmed of indolent SM and looking at the fact that some had actually had previous cytoreductive therapy uh, prior to being enrolled in the trial to try and manage their symptoms. And you can see that there were a a combination of multiple polypharmacy in order to help manage their treatments, including anti-IG antibodies and corticosteroids. So this is actually this, this waterfall plot is actually quite significant. The end uh, point of the trial was looking at significant symptom improvement by more than 30%. And what this shows us that the mean total symptom score change from baseline at 48 weeks was significant across all the symptom domains. 
So the most symptom, uh, most severe symptom score for patients, and then the symptoms for the skin, which were flushing, itching, and the degree of the spots or the lesions, abdominal pain, which was significant, diarrhea, severity, nausea, neurocognitive symptoms of brain fog, headaches, and dizziness, bone pain, and generalized fatigue. You can see that those patients who were on avoprisinib had a much better improvement of their symptoms uh, from baseline compared to placebo. But what about the patient safety? So the majority of patients, uh, so we're looking at the 141 patients on uh, the drug uh, compared to the 71 patients on placebo. Majority of the adverse events reported were grade one or two with the low rate of discontinuation across the trial. There were more SAEs reported in the placebo arm reflecting that the disease can cause symptoms like headaches, nausea, and some peripheral peril with edema. But really, one of the side effects to watch out for are, are the periorbital edema, which is a known side effect of TKIs and peripheral edema. The nausea and the headaches and the dizziness, really you can see that more headache was reported in the placebo arm, as well as um, the dizziness being equal in both. So the most common side effects that actually are of the TKIs that we need to be aware of are the periorbital edema. And so when I'm treating patients with a TKI, they're generally well tolerated. They can overlap the symptoms with those of the mediator symptoms, which we've seen on the placebo arm. And it, the most important thing is really to have a baseline of the clinical history of that patient and how their symptom, SM symptoms, affect them to know what difference the TKI makes and note the triggers for those patients. And then again, using a symptom assessment form that's objective with the qualitative information that you've got description from the patient, you can see how the TKI has made a difference in that patient's disease and are able to think about what are the side effects. Like I've mentioned before, periorbital edema is a known side effect of TKIs. It is less severe on the lower doses of 50 milligrams versus the 100 or the, sorry, 25 milligrams versus the 50 or 100 milligram doses. And really the management is when you consent the patient to the drug, let them know that they're going to get a little bit of swelling under the eyes. It will be worse in the morning and it'll get better in the evening due to gravity. If it's very severe, a low, a low dose of diuretic may be used. Perifodema, again, known side effects, and it depends on whether any other comorbidities and whether or not uh, patients might need diuretics. It's dependent edema, so ask patients to elevate their legs and it will get better. And if it's significant, you might need a low dose of diuretics. With nausea, you can take antiemetics. And please remember that TKRs should be taken on empty stomach two hours prior to taking the dose of the tablet and not eat for at least one hour post to reduce that uh, nausea that can be reported. And again, when I consent patients, I tell them their hair is going to go white. There is the effect of the TKI on melanocytes and patients definitely get whitening of their hair colour regardless of what their baseline hair colour is. Thank you. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME Incorporated and is part of our Minute CME curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.